Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Manager IQ's interview series where we like to get managers together so that we can learn from them, we can celebrate their success, and we can help contribute to the resources that we share via the Manager IQ organization. We have today here Michelle Taylor. We're so excited to have you. A brief introduction, Michelle is a dedicated and senior um, human resources professional with over 20 years experience in various industries such as health, professional services, food and manufacturing and retail. And this is just to name a few. There's been a focus there's been a focus on leadership of HR teams and influencing at the senior management level. Michelle provides herself on building strong cultures, but more importantly, listening to the needs of the business and its people. Michelle has also been a teacher for HR professionals and more broadly managers and leaders and is currently on the Australian HR Institute Victorian Council, supporting the members to get the most out of their membership. Michelle, welcome. How are you today? Yeah, I'm great. Thanks, Lex. Thanks for having me. Yeah, not a problem. Yeah, we're super excited. I, mean, I just love these conversations because we get to find out so much more about managers, what they go through to get into management, but also while they're transitioning and, and becoming um, you know, skilled in their area. Um, but also we get to celebrate some of your success. So we're really, really excited about that. So um, thank you for spending time with us. Um, first and foremost, why don't you tell us a little bit about your career, which relates to management? Yeah. Well, I, I started in just office work, you know, when I was when I was quite young and just built my way up. I've always been quite organised. And um, so I think that showed up, you know, when, when my managers were looking at me. But I started working um, after I had my first son in an office manager role. Well, I, I was working just in the office and then a few office managers left and suddenly I got the gig. Um, and actually, by that time, I had three small children. I was three days a week doing office management and I had to manage a young girl. Um, again, I was just highly organised. I was, I'd learnt a lot in that time. It was back in the days of cash books and moving on to computers. So it was, you know, during that change in the the nineties, mm-hmm. um, and just managing someone. I, uh, I found I was really good at managing myself. Um, I was really good at managing up and doing what the owners of the business wanted me to do. But I remember thinking managing people is a little bit tricky, isn't it? Because you've got to, I was really good at connecting, but I became a bit more of a friend than actually being able to direct. And it was always challenging when you're working in a small office environment to actually direct someone when you've actually had that friendship with them first. And I've seen managers throughout the years move from being, you know, one of the team members to then being a supervisor or a manager when they've been friends with the team. And that is always a challenging move. Um, I moved into other, um, well, I moved up to the HR manager role, actually just Hate by fluke, I moved to Sydney and was given an opportunity to be a HR manager. I didn't have any direct reports, but I managed a function. Mm-hmm. And then hence from there, moving into other HR roles, I had team members, most particularly at Lendlease. I had, you know, up to five team members at any one time around the country. So diversely, we were, you know, regionally um, not connected, but we mm-hmm. would travel and we always caught up um, regularly. Um managing is very different than just being responsible for a job Uh, and the managers that I train I talk about that that this is the hardest part managing people because people aren't just a process they're living breathing humans who can have good and bad days have good and bad performance and sometimes have good and bad behaviors 
Yeah, yeah. Wow, there are so many things that I would wish we had loads and loads of time to di- to dive into. And a hundred percent agree. People are dynamic. They're dynamic, and you know you won't get the same person from one to the next. And on top of that, what you're also talking about is that every day for them could be quite different, depending on what's going on in their life and depending how engaged they might be at that point in time. So exactly. put that together with multiple people, um, you know, plus trying to you know meet the needs of the business and having all these conflicting priorities. You're right. Management is a challenge. Um, but you know, like it is a huge um, group of people who are currently managing, and I'm, you know, I'm hoping that these conversations are going to help give managers a few tidbits here and he- here or yeah. there yeah. Um, to give them some just a little bit of aha moments you know that they might get them to do something a little bit a little bit different there um, a couple of things that I might pick out um, just to to drill down a little bit in your intro there when you're talking about I guess the organization skills that you have would you pick out two or three things that has helped you be organized both for yourself and for your people yeah, I think it's about um, really being on top of what the priorities are, what's the task at hand and mm-hmm. and knowing what to execute first. But it's about keeping lists and notes and, you know, in you know, obviously your, your outlook is so important now with your calendar mm-hmm. and everything, keeping everything really organised. You know, I think... Um, mm. If I think about if I had 120 emails in my inbox, I'd just have to sit there and fix it. I'm very, 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 very precise about filing everything when it's done and it sits there until it is complete. And Mm. then it allows me to know what I still got to follow up on. No, like a to-do list every day, just updated. Um, I think... You know, sometimes there's tasks we, we try and avoid if we've got a bit of time up our sleeves and then eventually mm-hmm. you can't avoid it any longer. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think we can all do that. But I think it's important, you know, sometimes to sit and get it done. And then mm-hmm. there's a bit of a, a relief when you've done that. With a team, though, you know, you, there's a lot of trust involved, isn't there, when mm-hmm. you're asking a team to prioritise certain things or direct them in certain ways on how to go about something. You know, working with HR professionals, um, that are skilled, you know, you're pretty lucky because most of them know their stuff and they're going to mm. do, you trust them, you know. But you have to get to that point, don't you? You have to get to know a lot about them. So forming the relationship is so important. Mm. Um, and for me, that's around um, approachable, being friendly, being really welcoming and friendly. That's always mm. worked for me, really forming a, a, a relationship where people feel comfortable with you. And mm-hmm. they feel they don't feel that um, there's anything they can't ask you. They can't. They're not frightened to to communicate with you. Having those yeah. doors wide open, you know. And I, I think, think it's also sorry to cut you off. Carry on. No, no, you go. Yeah, it's it's also about um, you know that self reflection around how you respond when people do tell you things. You know, and it's it's uh, trying to take that moment of getting it through, making sure that you're going through your filter as a, as a manager, because your instant reaction could be um, relatively negative or maybe not necessarily negative, but perceived in that way by the individual is maybe not how they felt that you should respond, but also kind of erodes that trust that you were talking about so taking an extra moment to take a breath and just think how is this you know because the ripple effect of you as a leader or manager is felt so much stronger and the the way every part of communicate or every time you communicate is a cue for that individual around how they can or can't trust you 
I had some very tough managers when I was younger. And mm -hmm. when I was younger, we didn't have bullying and harassment as a big thing. You just put up with it. Yeah. And I remember being subjected to some pretty horrible manager managerial behaviours. And I really, that resonated with me that I would never treat anyone like that. But mm. I do think when you're younger, you don't tend to think, think things through to the level that you do when you're older and more experienced. Mm. So sometimes young leaders, depending on, you know, everyone's different, but I think, you know, putting yourself in the shoes of others, you know, that's harder to do when you're younger. And I think um, it's really important to have an opportunity to self-reflect on how you'd like to be treated, but also on how always questioning yourself how you're showing up because it is a responsibility to lead people and obviously also there's laws around how we must lead people you know behaviors are so important organizational code of conduct we can't just do and say what we want to do um, because we could put ourselves at risk if we go about it the wrong way so it's really important but also if you want a leader who if you want to be a leader who is available and who is open and who gets the best results me in mind a little bit to um, Project Aristotle, which Google ran in 2012. They couldn't work out why some of their teams were thriving and some of their teams mm. weren't succeeding. So they did this study and the number one facet was psychological safety. If people mm -hmm. feel in a team that they can actually open up and be the true selves in that team, they feel psychologically safe in the workplace, that they're not going to be mm. ridiculed for having an opinion or their team are going to behave badly towards them. When you've got that and your leadership is led by that kind of psychological safety aspect, you're mm. much more likely to be successful as a leader and a manager and have a great team below you who will pretty much do what you need them to do because they feel so safe and comfortable in their environment. Mm. Yeah, and I find that more and more, um, I love that. And I think that anybody listening, you should probably go look up that um, research. Um, was it the Project Aristotle? Aristotle. It's really interesting, yeah. Great, yeah. So definitely definitely a good read there and a good tip. But there's so much more information coming out about um, psychological safety now as well, which I'm really, I think is fantastic. And I think it might make um, a lot of people question their style and how they're um, creating that team where there's openness and people can be innovative and they're they're not shy of sharing and so forth. And the, the older ways of that kind of um, do as I say, uh, you know, kind of uh, mentality or approach to management is, 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 is slowly being eroded out of um, cultures and so forth. And if it hasn't, it should be um, yes. because I think that we need to create those environments where people are thriving and um, not just for the individual because they'll be more well. For the manager, they'll probably have a better um, time of management, but also as an organisation, they'll have better outcomes. And of course, you know, as a as human resources professional, we hear a lot of stories, right? So if I'm in a, even if I'm in an autonomous role, I talk to a lot of people. And I was talking to a colleague one day and they were telling me about a manager they had. So we worked at different organisations and the psychological damage their man leader was give, you mm. know, causing to them and their team. Yeah. Because this person was never accountable and they didn't have a filter mm. and they had been riding shotgun for so long in their own race that they and they'd never been held accountable. And so yeah. these behaviours leading up to a 50-something-year-old person were always, this person seemed to dodge it. Mm. Now, 
and you know, the hadn't complaints hadn't seemed to go anywhere. That damage that it does to individuals is very serious and severe. And whatever's going on in that person's life outside of work, we don't know. Mm. If they've got serious issues within themselves or family and they've got a boss who is disrespectful and not following the rules, mm. can do a lot of damage and really pull people, you know, that they're at their wits end. So mm. I think, you know, we need to be very mindful of that when we look at ourselves, that mm. we would never want to put anyone in that kind of danger. You're talking about, you know, the colleague that had talked to you about the the impact that, you know, managers um, who don't quite understand the um, negative impact they're having on their people can have. Um, it was actually a catalyst to why I decided to start Manager IQ. Um, you know, I'd had um, a variety of different people who had had significant issues because of the impact that their manager had had. And, you know, some of this could be anxiety or some of it could be, um, you know, depression or lack of confidence. And yes. the amount of time that that takes to unwind in an individual is quite significant. So the damage is not only done then, it's also done for future roles and how they apply themselves. And, and it, it takes a long time to unwind. So I think it is very dangerous and I think that it's, you know, you know, it's a little bit scary, the lack of, leader, you know, management training that people do get and um, and feedback, I think, was another thing that that individual had gone all the way up to age 50 and probably ha left a, a plethora of people in their wake um, not realizing that they were probably having this impact if the feedback hadn't got back to them. So, yeah, you're shame. right. And sometimes there's people who don't realize and sometimes there's people who don't care. Yeah. You know, and, and it's you don't want to think that that could possibly be the case. Mm -hmm. But it actually is, Lex. There are people who don't really care. There's, there's an ego involved and yeah. I can do what I want to do and that's how they live their life. Sometimes mm -hmm. they'll come undone later in life and learn. Mm -hmm. Other times maybe they won't. You know, we see those different personalities and I think one of the things I've been mindful of is in the media we're seeing so many people who are doing the wrong thing. You know, yeah. and, and you just come to think, is that really right? These, but obviously, those people are all making it to the media. Most people want to do the right thing, right? Yeah, you're right. Most people want to, but you, what I was interested in, what you just said then was around the unwinding. You know, mm. anxiety is absolutely debilitating in people. The mm -hmm. level of stress they 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 experience driving to work, knowing that it's not going to be a good day, getting through the day going home it starts to affect their relationships it starts to affect the yeah. outside world and I've had people who have just got home and just stared at the wall for hours because they're so caught up in what's mm. been happening at work that they can't relax and I mm. guess the other thing um, that I learned early on um, is bullying is so um, it has such a negative impact on everyone involved including the bullies when they're caught out. Mm. I went to a seminar with a workers' um, compensation group years ago. I used to do return to work and we met Brodie Panlock's parents. So Brodie Panlock was a young girl in Victoria who was bullied so relentlessly that she actually took her own life. And her parents had no idea until they got a phone call that their daughter was in hospital on life support. And the parents, um, uh, I met them, I heard their story. It was 10 odd years later and they were still distraught talking about it. And I, as a parent, but also as a human, I just thought this is wrong. It went through the courts and due to their lobbying to government, 
the laws were changed so that bullying was moved under the Crimes Act for in the stalking provisions so that people who commit bullying in the workplace mm -hmm. can actually go to jail. Wow. These perpetrators um, got big fines and the owner of the business a massive fine, but they changed their names and moved interstate. And of course, apparently one of them is still a perpetrator. You know, it, it just breaks your heart. So as a leader, and anyone in the human resources space as well, we don't want to see anyone go through that. So we must ask questions and we must look after our people. So as leaders, you need to look after your people and do the right thing by them. That's your responsibility, health and safety responsibility, but also it feels really good. You know, yeah. when you're a manager and a leader, and you're looking after your people and that like you feel that respect and you feel your team in flow and you're delivering, you know, I've heard good, seeing good leaders and people have said, I want to work on that team. Yes. He's a fabulous manager. Or young people coming up go, I really like what he does. I'm going to put that in my toolkit and I'm going to take that trait because look at the response you get when you do that. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and I agree. Getting that toolkit up. And I think both of our sons have had an experience where we've had really good leaders and managers and then maybe also seen the rest. So every, every, both sides of the, the coin are yeah. learning experience around what you do or don't want to do. I run a lot of leadership training internally as well mm -hmm. as my teaching. And I talk to my leaders when I'm training them about what is your personal brand? Who do you want to mm -hmm. be? And let's reflect on who you are. And I use what uh, a company called ShareTree have character cards and there's uh, about 120 character cards and I ask them to look up what are the top three strengths that you have? Who are you? Yeah. And what's your area of improvement? What? Where do you, you know, because it's always important to look at that as well. Yeah, of course. And make leaders a little bit more uh, self-aware as to who they are and what they're doing, but also very proud of the positives that they bring to their team mm. and mm. own it and show up as that person yeah. be aware that they are that person use mm. their strengths to benefit them and their team yeah yeah i think that's such great advice and i love the fact that there's a balance of you know what are your strengths and how do you leverage them but then also you know making sure that those strengths are actually portraying the brand that they want to portray to their people and to the organization and for themselves so I like that combination and then you know what else you want to work on so I love the combination of that. I hadn't heard it before, so I'll definitely look it up. One of the things that I also like that you alluded to is around, you know, when you're a leader, you need to be curious, you know, like you need to understand if people's, you know, what are they, are they they're different? Are there certain things about them that might not be as their usual mode of behavior and actually being confident and curious enough to step in and ask are you okay? Or you seem a little bit, um, you know, different, you're a little bit off today, or, um, you know, maybe even your work quality isn't as what you're usually at, you know, what's going on for you right now? How can I support you? And I think that level of curiosity and care can actually maybe catch some of these things that people don't know about, you know, you're like right, that might be happening behind the scenes, you know? And it's having that open communication with your people that, yeah. that they would be, you know, even you pick, you get to know them, you get to know their individual mm -hmm. traits to a certain extent. You don't want to become overbearing in asking too much, but you know. And to know, even sometimes just to know your manager's there if you need them is enough for people. Yeah. Um, and others might want to open up and tell you their whole life story, which can be very difficult too. Um, <laughs> but we have to learn to be able to manage that conversation. And I yeah. think what's important for managers and leaders is it's so 
important and essential is you're listening, not talking all the time. You're mm. actually letting them talk. And that coaching methodology where if you want someone to change their behaviour or their actions, you get them to come to it. You're using mm. leading questions and asking them about it and saying, well, what would happen if you did it this way? How can you see that evolving? Mm. It's how we go about those conversations. But just having that telling and demanding, it doesn't mm. get you the results. And also another important aspect of management and leadership is that we want to build our team up so that they're all highly competent. And, and mm. there's a number of leaders who are frightened and fearful that if they're not in charge and know everything that's going on, then they're going to make themselves redundant. Whereas a good manager will say, and I was training someone the other day and they said, I want to make myself redundant so that if I'm away, my team can do it. And if I do myself yeah. out of a job eventually, I've built up this amazing team. You know, yeah. So I think that should be the attitude. Not, I don't want them to know that because it makes me more powerful because I know everything. Yeah. It actually doesn't make you more powerful. It makes you a little foolish because you could be sharing the information and building up people. As a teacher um, and a HR professional, even I have you have so many interesting conversations with people. Yeah. You know, when as a HR professional, when you have to get involved because the manager needs help. You get to the crux of the matter and you help guide the manager through it. Mm. One of the cha most challenging things I think leaders face um, and from my training last week was conflict. Yeah, yeah. And I actually just wrote this down as something um, to do a deep dive in with a manager. It actually is part of our new manager development program, as it should be, because as you've just mentioned, it's one of the bigger challenges. And I guess in a nutshell, what were some of the, I guess, the tips that you would you know, provide to either the people last week or anybody going forward if they asked you around how they would manage yeah. a certain type of conflict? I think it's around um, trying to get to the root cause of the issue early mm -hmm. and not letting it fester. You know, as a leader you're judged on how you carry yourself and deal with people. So you can't have favourites. You must be transparent and be treating everyone fairly and consistently. That's number one. Because if you've got people that you allow certain um, luxuries to or you say, oh, they've been going through a really hard time, that's mm. okay at first. But if you continue to give them too much string, some people can take advantage. So you need to be consistent on that. When conflict arises, it's often inter interpersonal conflict or mm. people in the team are seeing someone else being let, it, let to do something different than they're allowed to do. Conflict's yeah. something that if you can have a conversation early on and just address it, people are hard to have hard conversations. And, you know, they call them courageous conversations sometimes because it does take some courage to have it. I recommend, recommend to managers to write down before pre-planning conversation, what are you going to say? Mm -hmm. What do you need to say? Don't just say whatever you're feeling at the moment because you won't you won't do well. Plan yeah. it out, make it balanced feedback, give people an opportunity to improve, but let them know also as the manager that you're, you're, there's some things that aren't negotiable, you know. Mm. You need to be clear on that. So I think that's a good way of dealing with things early. If it gets heavy conflict, you know, bring in your HR team if you need to and get some help. Just call HR and say, what do I do here? This is what's happened. Can you give me some tips? And obviously, mm -hmm. if it gets into that formal space, that's where you get more help. But utilise other managers to help you, but don't ever go in without a plan. 
Um, yes. But if you're keeping conversations up and you're opening and you're prepared to actually deal with something, you get better at it and you get more confidence. But if mm. you actually avoid it and you let people go and everyone's running their own show, you've lost control of your team. You don't yeah. want to do that. Yeah, there's so much great stuff in that. And one of the things that we say often in some of the teams that I've um, managed in the past is that, your, you know, your culture is only as good as the bad behavior you accept. And I think that that's what you've alluded to there at the end. Um, but also, I just love the concept of planning your conversations. Um, but one of the other things that uh, that we talked about that you mentioned a little bit earlier as well is that try and let make sure they're doing most of the talking, you know. So, you know, you're planning your conversation, but th that conversation should also be around asking more questions, you know, the scenario happens. Happened, what happened there and how do you think others felt about it or perceived it or how do you think um you know it could have been done it differently or something like that and you mentioned a little bit earlier I feel like this is your hot tip section actually Michelle but um <laughs> <laughs> you know it's it's around making sure that people almost get there themselves a little bit so I think a combination of that and I, I, I just love what you've said there and I think we do just need to step into it a lot earlier because even if you know if you get it quicker you're probably going to actually stop something really bad from manifesting um one of the other things as well is also after you've dealt with the conflict making sure that it has, has actually been dealt with you know so exactly. keeping checking back it. in you have to yeah. follow back up make diary notes of when you're going to check in with that person yeah. and you know make sure they're honest with you that they've got it i mean i think one of the things i like to say when i'm leading someone is um people don't always listen they take out yeah. of it what they want to take it. It goes in there and mm -hmm. it gets clicked around. And so you get them to repeat back. So can you just, just, just for my sake, can you just let me know what we've discussed and what we're going to do? Get them to put it in their own words. Oftentimes it's misinterpreted in their way to suit yeah. them or they just didn't get it. Then when they repeat it, you go, you're almost there, but I also said this. So, you know, this is what we need to happen. Then you can clarify that you're all on the same page, you know. Mm. Um, and I think that really works well. However, mm. you're comfortable saying to make sure that there is alignment because yeah. often you can send them off on their way and they haven't got it or they'll go and talk to a whole bunch of other people. You know, you've got to make sure that people understand this confidentiality sometimes. Can we just, you know, I don't want to, I don't want everyone to know about this because not only is this between you and I, but other people have judgments and it turns into something that it's not. You know, yeah. everyone has an opinion. Very easy yeah. for these things to create a culture of um, everyone knows everything about everyone and half of it's wrong. Um, yeah, exactly. And it, it's in the end, it's about their development, you know, like similar to that person that you mentioned before that was had, you know, you know, up to the age of 50 and, and still doing things that might not have actually been the right thing for them, you know, so you're doing the right thing by their people. So I think I think that the feedback is for really their own development and their own um, benefits. So, you know, adding yeah. in that that's the reason, you know, like you're not doing it just to be nasty or anything like that you're actually doing it so they can be perceived to be xyz or that they actually can just improve their brand whatever the the benefits may be to that specific scenario and of course like how good does it feel when yeah. you have a team member succeed achieve something that they've worked really hard on and you've been their coach or mentor or guide or they get a promotion, mm. or just you go to work or you're working online because everything's often remote now, yeah. and you have a team meeting and everyone's, uh, number one, happy to see each other. They're all read through what they're up to and they're all doing well. They're all on track. Yeah. Everyone's engaged. 
Everyone's yeah. happy and they are grateful that you're their manager. I mean, yeah. what a win. How, how, how great does that feel? And then you report up the next level to your group and you can report back, well, my team's got this, this and this. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that's going to look really great for you too because your team's meeting their KPIs and they're meeting their goals mm. and yeah. everyone's engaged. Yeah. You know, you'd rather be that than the colleague who's struggling with the team because they don't want to have a hard conversation. So it's yeah. about, you know, and your life is going to be better and easier because you've got an engaged team and you can be proud of it. You know, never yes. stop that moment to take pride in what you're achieving. Yeah. If you get it wrong, learn from it and talk it out with someone and debrief, but mm. don't let that hold you back or be afraid to have another hard conversation because you learned something from that. Everyone yeah. learns something. I had to have a hard conversation 20 years ago about someone with hygiene issues and I, I still remember it because I did it so badly, didn't plan yeah. it, said it all wrong, offended the person deeply and I wish I'd never got involved. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you, I learned a lot from that about what I wouldn't, wouldn't do again. Mm-hmm. So we've all made mistakes and we've got to own them. Don't try and throw someone else under the bus. Own your stuff and it will make you a better person and your mm. team will say, oh, they're prepared to own up, so I will. Yeah. Other than those experiences that you have throughout your um, your management career, is there any other kind of ways that you have used to grow your to grow your manager toolkit that might may be nice helpful tips for our managers around how they do their own personal development? Yeah, look, I um I've been very taken responsibility um to do my own learning over the years, mm-hmm. so um. I wasn't qualified at all when I got my first HR manager role. I was just Mm. very, I was an office manager and I'd done a lot of different things. So I went and did my cert for in HR back when I had three small children. I loved it. Yeah. And then I uh, went on to do diploma of um, HR and advanced diploma of management while I was working in another HRM role. Um, And then I went and uh, completed my certification um, with ARI. Mm-hmm, uh, great. So, you know, but apart from that, I am like to attend as many events as I can, and that's what's been great about being part of ARI. Um, it's uh, not only around um, HR, because that's my profession, but leadership and management, actually delivering the Diploma of Leadership and Management. I ran mm. this whole 12-subject diploma. I learned so much while I was delivering yeah, wow. content because I got so much out of it and I feel I've got such a wide range of knowledge now with all those topics that I managed mm. and I, I because I taught them and I knew about them because I was part of a, a, a business and a HR professional but as I delivered and we all talked the students and I we all learned and it was mm. amazing it was such an amazing experience um, to do that and I'm really interested in reading leadership articles constantly new ideas. Yeah. And LinkedIn is just a really great resource. If you've got some downtime, just sit on your LinkedIn page, follow people of interest, read Mm. articles and jot down. I always write in my notes if I find something that interests me. I might add that into my leadership training or I might add that to my toolkit. You know, watching good and bad leaders. I worked with someone who I didn't particularly admire as a leader and I saw some mistakes that they made in how they weren't engaging. I thought, Mm. okay, I'm not going to follow that one. But then I see it worked with some fabulous engaging people and I took Mm -hmm. some tips from them about how they engage people. 
yeah. and you put that in. Um, but it's about personal development as well, being very open to mm-hmm. your strengths and weaknesses, you know, yeah. and being um, really uh, honest with yourself. Yeah. And taking on board feedback from others. Yeah. But also really trying to grow yourself and bring yourself up and have confidence. Mm-hmm. If you don't have confidence, people can tell. So even yes. if you're a bit you're a bit green and you're still learning, if you act like you know what you're talking about and you show confidence, people will generally buy in. And afterwards yeah. you can think, oh, I wasn't confident at all, but you did it, right? So yeah. it's it's a it's a growth. It's years of experience and it's years of um um, seeing different people and what mm. they do and processes within an organisation and meeting new people. Yeah, yeah. I think there are so many great things in there. It's kind of like being curious to the managers and the network around you around how they are doing things, good, bad or indifferent. Um, having a an interesting network that you can lean on and whether that's a network that might just be online network through LinkedIn or it might be people that you meet or, you know, uh, Manager IQ, Selfish Plug here does um, group coaching <laughs> as well with managers, you know. So connecting in to talk about different problems and and celebrating your successes. Um, the, the courses that might be out there as well that you can tap into. There are so, much, so many articles. I love that. I also do the same. And I also do, the, like, I read an article and I think, oh, how does it how, reflect on myself? How, How is that, that in this How area? Can that me? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. you know, am I am I thinking about these sorts of things and how can I apply it in the real world, you know, so the application can be quite powerful. But I think those are all very fantastic tips. And anyone listening to this, I think if they apply one or two of them are just going to, I guess, increase their toolkit and, and kind of maybe be a little bit more dynamic in their management practices. Yeah, of course. And and don't if you stay the same and don't take on any new learnings and that that does happen to people, you can go stale yeah. and suddenly realise that you're not really that relevant anymore. Because mm, the world you know, is changing I've so much. Thought, I want to stay relevant. I have to stay mm-hmm. on top of this. If I go, I end up talking to so many people socially about their work because I'm in mm-hmm. HR, people say, oh, what do you think of this? So <laughs> I meet so many people, I talk to them, I hear their stories and I want to help them, whether yeah. it be family, extended family, friends, whatever it is, I'll talk about leadership and management. And yeah. everyone has got something interesting to say about their experience. And, mm. you know, just those people that you keep in your friend network or you your colleagues from past, you know, I've got a lot of colleagues I've stayed in contact with. You learn a lot from those people. How did they go on with their careers after a few years? What did they do? Yeah. How successful are they? Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Michelle, I I just wish we had hours and hours. We might have to get you back on here in a few months' time and continue the conversation on a few other topics because I think we could deep dive on millions of different things that you've said there. But um, what we'll do is if anyone wanted to connect in with you, is there, you know, the best way to connect with you via LinkedIn or how would you? Yeah, I'm just Michelle Taylor, CPHR on LinkedIn. Um, and, yeah, I'm... Um, I've got a big move coming up. I'm moving um, to Queensland from Melbourne and I'm uh, looking at going into some consultancy um, and doing some things a bit differently going forward and looking for new opportunities. I'm really excited actually um, Mm -hmm. to have the confidence to do it, number one, but also just to be open to what happens next. And uh, it's, it's, it's a great feeling. 
Yeah. And you're not only like, I guess, training and teaching in, in the leadership and management space, but um, from previous conversations as well, and worth mentioning here is that you also do coaching for, for others as well in this space. So yeah, know, I've, I've done a lot of, part of my everyday role has been coaching leaders and managers because, <laughs> yeah. you know, I think they need that support. You know, I've working in my current role with seven um, directly uh, managers and, mm-hmm. you know, just even just supporting them half the time. They know what they're doing, but they just need support. And yeah. it's, it's a great feeling, you know, to be yeah. able to give that to them. And they just want to debrief sometimes. People want to debrief. And just throwing yeah. a few tips here and there, it's a, it's helpful. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think that that's something that is so vital to have that debrief time yeah. with someone who can give you a little bit out of it. Mm-hmm. Not somebody who's going to go, yeah, poor you, it's hard. You want someone who's going to challenge your thinking a little yeah yeah exactly i love that i love that so yeah so if anyone wants to get connected with michelle um check her out on linkedin and michelle thank you so so much for sharing your vast wealth of knowledge and i feel like we've only got a tip of the iceberg but um like i said we'll get you back on here at some point soon but good luck with the move i'm really excited for you to see this change come to life and i'll I'll be watching to see how you you know what things you do next um up in queensland Thank you, Lex. You're awesome to talk to. I felt like we were just having a conversation, to be honest, but thank you. It was great. Really fun. Yeah, not a problem. We'll take care, everyone. We'll see you on the next episode. And any feedback, please let us know. Cheerio for now.